Retro Rebel Gamecast Episode 17 is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash Toddcast. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, or MP3. Welcome to the Retro Rebel Gamecast, where we discuss retro gaming and other topics for your listening pleasure. Retro Rebel is released every week, and you can find this episode and much more by heading to templeofgeek.com, iTunes, or Stitcher. You can also follow us on Facebook at Temple of Geek, and Twitter by using the handle at Retro Rebel Show. My name is Stacy, and joining me today, as usual, are my fellow Rebels, Amanda and Trey. How are y'all doing? Doing good. Very well. Very well. Amanda is, is uh, wowing us with her her fidget spinner technique, uh, which is... Is that, is that the official name, fidget spinner? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Fidget spinner. Fidget spinner, yeah. Uh, so if you're Googling it, um, it is impressive for those that can't see. Um, she has a secret. <laughs> I don't know what it is. Clammy hands. Clammy hands. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Um. Well, let's go around the room. Uh, it's been a minute. There's some new games that have been released. What are you guys playing now? Uh, lately, I've actually been trying to play uh, Get Through Watch Dogs 2 again. Uh, just because like all of the new DLC has come out for like the new missions and stuff like that. So I've been pl- trying to play that. Um, but I guess I'm kind of like going through like video game ADD because like, I, can't, I can't stay focused on one game. But Watch Dogs is what I'm trying to get through. Nice. Yeah, if you, those of you that are listening, if you want to follow on on Instagram, you can follow Temple of Geek, and you can see a lot of what Trey's doing because uh, he tends to uh, keep us up to date, and that's that's where you can see some of the gaming picks. So, yeah, I'll try. I try to post those uh, whenever I play something. Yeah, Amanda, what about you? Um, well, I recently flew back to America to visit family on holiday, so I downloaded for the plane, um, well, the airport, more like. A Hitman Sniper, a mobile game from Squeenix, uh, Squeenix. specifically like a, like a pro release or whatever. It's pretty cool. I did a little write-up of the game with some screenies and stuff like that, but essentially it is a 100% sniping game, um, and you pretty much only have two modes in the game when you're playing, zoomed in and not zoomed in, so you get a location, um, and then you can zoom in and, and take out specific targets um, through the scope. And you you reload by doing little finger motions on the screen and stuff like that. It's more like a strat strategic sniping game. Okay. Where you have to plan um, your moves before you take out the, the main objective. Because once you take out the main objective guy, you get extracted and the mission's over. So um, it's pretty cool. Like, it's a good pastime sort of game. I'm not very good at it. I'm going to be totally honest, and my screenshots <laughs> will show that. Um, but, uh, you know, uh, it's a good, fun game. I think I picked it up for, like, 60, 70 cents on a sale. So, you know, for that. Can't be that. Is that the same as, uh, like, Tomb Raider Go? Um, I also picked up Tomb Raider Go in the same sale, but I haven't played it yet. Yeah, I've been playing that one, and it's it's really good. It's also really infuriating. 
(laughs) (laughs) This one's the, my only criticism of it is, is that there are no markers on anything, but the main objectives when you zoom out. So it's kind of hard to figure out the walking patterns of the guards. So you kind of have to zoom in and follow each individual guard's walking powder pattern to learn where you can shoot. And I think that's what takes like the most time. At least that's what I thought, but maybe I haven't configured it right or something. So if anybody's listening and you know a way to make little waypoints appear above their head when you're not zoomed in, <laughs> that would be great because that is the hardest part about it. <laughs> and maybe it's strategic too on their part, make it more challenging. Yeah. Definitely harder. <laughs> Well, I've been playing uh, the fourth episode of Walking Dead. It doesn't take you that long to finish it, um, but because it's me, it's taken me a week uh, to finish two hours of gameplay. Uh, you know, it's if, you know if you've played the other Walking Dead and Telltale games, um, or at least those in, in the the New Frontier. Um, no spoilers here. I'm not going to ruin it, but um, uh, you know, episode four uh, doesn't necessarily push the story that much. Uh, push it forward that much. Um, you know, I, I like the games. I like The Walking Dead, uh, and I like Telltale games. So I'm enjoying it, but um, I'd say I was probably of the four so far, and I think there's one more. I'm most disappointed in this one. Um, but it's kind of like, to me, you know, if you watch the show, uh, this was the filler episode uh, before the the finale, you know, where they set everything up and hopefully... Everything pays off, uh, you know, in the next one. So, uh, just looking. For, I think the next one should be out here in the next month or so, and the, you know, they'll wrap up this storyline. But it's been very entertaining. I mean, I enjoy, uh, like I said, I enjoy Telltale games, and I enjoy The Walking Dead. So, if you like that, you'll probably still enjoy uh, this episode. So, yeah, I'm, wait, I'm waiting for that. Uh, like the, all the episodes come out for that and uh, Guardians of the Galaxy before I get them. I'm yeah. Looking forward to- yeah, Guardians. Guardians of the Galaxy? Yeah, it's supposed yeah, to release pretty soon, yeah. They already released the first episode. Oh, did they? Okay. Yeah. Well. Is it on mobile? I need this. I don't think so. I don't know. They used to, They. I know they can put it on iOS, but I don't know if they have, I don't know if it initially releases that way. Oh, sad face. Oh, speaking of um, console games, a bit of unrelated console news. Um... Recently tried to... I'm part of the Xbox preview program. I don't know if you guys are. Um, Oh, sure. If you're not part of it, I can send you an invite. Um, But they used to have a preview, like, beta app that was a screen mirroring um, app that let you mirror, like, your smartphone onto the Xbox One. And it was brilliant for a couple things. You don't use it all the time, but it was, like, useful because um, there are some, like, TV shows and stuff that are local to us where they don't have um, a Xbox app for the, like, platform, Um, especially one called UK TV, which is, like, you know, like Fox or whatever. They don't have an app. So the only way to watch that content for free is online. And um, which is fine. It's through their app, and they serve you ads, and they're happy to do it. So I used to um, stream that from my phone onto the Xbox. Well, they recently just stopped supporting that preview app, and I don't think they're going to release it for the regular 
console. And I found out that that is because in the native browser of the Xbox One, which I've never really used, they don't enable flash videos. Like, you can't stream anything and stuff like that, which kind of sucks um, because there's no there's no app for this provider like on the console, and I really think that's limiting. And yet, if you plug in like a cheap smart TV stick, you can stream it. Yeah, that's interesting. Sort of stupid. Yeah, I, I wonder if that's a Microsoft thing because wasn't there some sort of beef or some kind of issue with Flash uh, working on? Well, maybe it was Apple, where um, Flash wouldn't work on Apple or something like that. I can't remember. I don't use Apple products because they're the worst. So. Yeah. Well. It, it doesn't, it, Flash generally doesn't work on the native Microsoft Edge um, Explorer browser Yeah. in the Xbox. But I got around that by using this mirroring app, but now there's literally no way to do it. I've got to go out and get some cheap fire stick <laughs> to be able to scream to my TV. It's so stupid. Did I hear Trey in the background uh, not agreeing with my assessment of Apple products? I mean, yeah. I mean, I, 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 I'm a, I'm definitely a fan of Apple products aside from like their earbuds, but right. I've never had a pro, I've never had a problem. Damn like, it, that's a, the only I've Apple thing I own. Oh, the earbuds are terrible. Like I got new earbuds, and within a within a month they were broken. Yeah. So I have but, the ear pods. That's like the only thing that I own. Why? See, and I'm just so anti-establishment. Just the fact that they have like this proprietary plug that prevents me from being able to buy some, you know, whatever. I'm like, it's probably a superior product, and I absolutely won't buy it on principle. Be- uh, you know, I mean, there are other. I mean, there are other. Like, it's not the only product out there. Right, yeah, right, I, right. I yeah. No, I, like I said, I, I, I will acknowledge uh, the quality and still, you know, give it double birds. Because, um, you know, just the way I am. All right. Uh, <laughs> uh, and, and I don't fault anybody that, that purchases it. I just will make fun of you to your face. I mean, you're going to do that anyway. because you're not so. cool enough. Well, exactly. <laughs> uh, I'm the, I'm the uh, anti-conformist conformist. So, <laughs> so uh, topic number one. Um, Online gaming and, and uh, multiplayer online gaming, you know, for those of us that play it, you know, or, or that don't play it, why is it that, that you guys choose or don't choose to play online? And that and I think we can kind of lump in, um, you know, uh, just online gaming as well as, you know, multiplayer, you know, uh, or MMO type, MMORPG stuff. Um, is it fun? Is it not fun? Why is it that you play it, or why is it that you choose to kind of avoid it? I don't know. For me, <clears throat> for me, video games was kind of like golf. I don't have to be very good at it to enjoy it. Right. So yeah. if I ever, so whenever I play multiplayer, it's usually the kind of competitive, you know, you fighting your friends or you're you know fighting other online stuff, and I'll spend you know, 20 minutes of the match basically just respawning because I'll die a couple seconds after <laughs> I come out. And, like, that, I mean, I can definitely see the competition in it, but that's not fun for me. And I definitely play games because I want to have fun. Right. So yeah. I think multi, I think online multiplayer has come a long way, and I think there's a lot of benefits to it. But for me, I just I want to be able to have fun, and people in multiplayer kind of ruin that for me even if it's like a co-op thing like with world of warcraft when you're in a dungeon or a raid there's 
there's always people in the raid who are just kind of jerks. They're very elitist. They're they're just they're not fun to play with, and that kind of makes the multiplayer experience not great. So I've I've kind of avoided it for the most part until recently with. Um, Whereas with, uh, not recently, a couple years ago, when Mass Effect 3 came out and they introduced the Mass Effect 3 multiplayer, that's the first time I ever really enjoyed a multiplayer experience because I didn't have to talk to anyone. And it was it was co-op and we had to work together. And it was basically just the, the action portions of a game I already love. So that, and it's basically the same thing in Mass Effect Andromeda, uh, where it's, for me, a really good experience. Um, and I, I even enjoy, you know, playing with my friends and stuff. Again, when we're doing co-op and not me getting killed over and over a million times. Uh, so it's just, I feel like multiplayer can be a great experience if there aren't other people kind of ruining it for you, whether just being jerks or just being superiorly better than you. Uh, for me, it, I, so for, for the most part, I kind of avoid uh, multiplayer a little bit. Avoiding the multiplayer. Amanda, what about you? We know that you have a history with the MMOs. Yes, I do. So, I actually 100% agree with Trey that previously I used to be super big into multiplayer and super big into MMOs. But because I am unfortunately trying to adult now, um, (laughs) my perspective is, is that there is usually a learning curve, and I also don't enjoy it when I suck at it. But when I used to have time to play, I enjoyed getting good. I enjoyed, you know, having a fully functioning raid team, for example. I enjoyed doing six hours of Diablo dungeons with a friend and just smashing things and duping weapons and just um, just being obnoxious right. together because I like the social aspect. Like, I don't like to play with strangers, and I don't really do pug teams. But if I, you know, join, a like, a guild or a clan or have mates to play with on, on Xbox Live, then I do enjoy it. But don't really have time for that now so all i get to experience generally is exactly what trey described where i get on i get headshot 20 billion times and spend (laughs) the whole match respawning because i just don't have time to get good to develop people who you know have similar play styles or whatever and generally my friends are the same age and just as busy so the the times that i can get on and play with people that i know i enjoy that I love couch co-op. I love online multiplayer with somebody that you would play a couch co-op with, but you can't because maybe it's not supported. Um, Like me and my brother spent, you know, my brother's being in the U.S. We spent hours and hours um, every over the course of like 12 weekends to beat um, co-op campaign for Gears of War 4 together. But that obviously was enjoyable to play with him, but not as enjoyable as just beating the campaign over four hours over one weekend by myself because it took so long to finish the story. Every time I picked it up, I forgot what the hell was going on previously. To to this day, I'm not super sure what the story was. (laughs) I know there was a spoiler alert tentacle monster at the end, but I don't know why. Right. You know what I mean? Like, I don't even remember why because... I don't even remember the game you're talking about. 
Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, because it was broken up into so many small chunks. So from my perspective, there really, I haven't found a game where there's a good balance between pick up and play um, and uh, multiplayer facet outside of Overwatch. Right. That's the only game that I found recently. Um, I'll, I'll throw Diablo uh, 3 in there as well, because once you kind of figure out how Diablo works and you've played it once by yourself, then yeah, that as well. Um, but generally speaking, I think like episodic story modes or even um, PvP stuff, you need to get good. Yeah. Like, and you can't do that unless you have time and people that you know and play with consistently. Like, unless you're just inherently good at every shooter ever, and there are some people. Yes, we, we hate those practice. people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're usually eight, bless them. I know it. I know. You said bless them. Yes. <laughs> it's a so, fact. so that's my perspective. I agree with Trey. It didn't used to be that way for me. I was a guild leader for several in several different MMOs. I was really good at it. I spent a lot of time and money in that. I probably played 30 to 60 hours a week at the time. You know, almost like pro level. I think we were ranked number 5 yeah. um, in City of Villains. We in fact, I think I know we were ranked number 5 in City of uh, City of Villains for our server. Um, but that that cost me, you know, three or four years of subscriptions plus several thousands of dollars in gaming equipment and you know more than a full-time job to get right that, to that level yeah and not, you know. not to mention now, whatever you could have been doing in the meantime which we don't really want to think about but <laughs> so you know yeah that i think it was worth it and it was fun and i don't regret it but i fully accept that now i just don't have that much time yeah that's I think that's important. That's probably a topic for another time. Just that maybe maybe it will be our counseling session to each other, accepting adulting and uh, <laughs> and uh, putting some of putting some of these back on the shelf. You know, just accepting that I'm not going to be able uh, to to do some of the things I want to. Yeah. So like like you guys, I'm I'm very much. You know, there's nothing wrong with people enjoying shooters, uh, online gaming. Uh, you know, there is that is its own uh, you know genre. Of, of gaming that people excel at i i want to play games because i enjoy them i and just like trey said i don't have to be great at them to enjoy them uh, but it's also why i kind of like to play alone is because i don't have the time to invest and so i can't i don't want to ruin their gaming experience because i'm holding somebody back um uh, you know i've played wow since 2000 since vanilla since the beginning i think i, I bought it two weeks after it came out um I almost took it back because I didn't know how to change the camera angle, and I thought I was in bird's eye view the whole time, and <laughs> and I thought it was broken. I was like, "Did I break it? What happened?" You know, uh, just because I didn't know how to move the camera. I mean, that's how big of a noob I was when I started. Uh, but I know, but uh, but you know, I got to the point where I was in a number of good guilds. Uh, I was in one called Tuesday's Maintenance, uh, or Tuesday Maintenance, I think it was. Because that's the uh, day. They, that's the day they always. Yeah, make, that's yeah. the day they take down the server. Uh, and uh, and then I used to always go to. It was made me laugh when Trey said this. I used to always go to Elitist Jerks, uh, the website. Um, that that is the, an actual guild. I don't know if they're still together, but that was one of the top guilds in the world. 
Uh, they had they they ran their own website. You could go there for you know rotations and things like that. Uh, anytime there yeah. was an update, you would you know you could go there for the update. So um, you could also go there through for walkthroughs, and that was something that our guild would always do is they would assign. Okay, you know you're doing DPS. You go find out the yeah. go find out research the fights. I mean that was stuff that you had time to do maybe at one point. Uh, but I don't have time to go research boss fights anymore, uh, like I would like to. Um, so, you know, in this last uh, expansion of WoW, which is one of the best expansions they've had, maybe oh, yeah. since uh, you know, I can Wrath, maybe. Um, there's so much content and so many things that you could do, and so so many interesting things you can do. That to me, it's the first time I've felt overwhelmed. And wow, like I'm not even to the point where I can do, you know, pugs, pug raids. I, I can't. I haven't even gotten to that point where my eye level is high enough. And, uh, you know, and, and whereas before in the last two expansions, I was doing those easy. You know, I got my, uh, you know, I got my gear up to where I could do that without really having to try. Um, so that's been a little bit discouraging. Uh, in terms of other games, like you were, you mentioned Amanda uh, Overwatch. I was going to say actually that one probably to me. I feel like it's got one of the steepest learning curves now. If you tried to come in and play right now, and you haven't played Overwatch, I don't know how much fun it would be. Um, and, and that's just my opinion. And I think it's because uh, I like to play with Reaper. And he's a difficult, kind of a difficult character to get really good at without playing a lot. Um, and so my average, you know, length, my average lifespan is about 11 seconds. As soon as I'm in, as soon as I'm in the sights of anybody, any enemy character, uh, it, it's downhill from there. So I enjoyed it though. Um, but yeah, I yeah. just felt like it was, it's, uh, it's still, they've made, and that's one reason why I love Blizzard is they've taken all these different genres of game of gaming and they kind of just make it they're like the 3M of gaming. You know, they take your type <laughs> of game and they make it better. Um yeah. even even Heroes of the Storm, which I I enjoy, I haven't actually gotten to play it. Uh, I've, I play mostly AI games and just cuz I haven't had time. I I logged in the other day just to get my 20 uh characters for free. Um yeah. Just so, just so I could have them, because uh, you know, MOBAs are there. It's just another genre, you know, of of, uh, of an opportunity where an eight year old can talk shit to you. So, um, but on that vein, yeah. thinking about time investment, and this actually ties right back to what you were saying about um, the Walking Dead and Telltale sort of op- episodic games and things like that. The fact that you once you make a purchase of a game on a platform you're now committed to spending your time on that platform because you cannot take your progress across multiple platforms. Right. So I think that, to me, clinches that I don't have time for multiplayer. Yeah. So if, for example, you know, Telltale's a bad example because it's not really a multiplayer game, but Overwatch, for example, if you could buy a multi-platform version of the game, for example, and you could play it on your PC when you were at a PC, you could play it on the console when you wanted to play it on console, and you could still continue to contribute or play a, you know, sub-segment of the game or whatever when you were on, you know, your mobile device, 
then adults would be able to still, you know, you would have time for that investment, like on your commute, you could do it on mobile or your lunch break or what, you know what I mean? Like yeah. you could make yeah. more of an investment, but with, with Telltale is the perfect example. The reason why I ask, is it on mobile is because I do not have the time with all the other games. Cause I rent my games, of course. Yeah. I don't have the time to have a rental on Xbox one sitting there while I buy another game on Xbox one. Yeah. Like, <laughs> It, it just doesn't make sense. But if I could, you know, play, you know, it on mobile and then play it on Xbox One when I want to and stuff like that and still, you know, have the same prog- progression saved and stuff like that, because the console experience of those games is better, but it's just like a triage of time. You know, and yeah. I think... What were you going to say, Trey? Uh, well, no, I see what you're saying, like... I think that would be awesome to be able to, like, basically have your progress throughout different consoles and mediums. But at the same time, you're saying that, you know, part of the time you part of the time you spend into it is getting good in the game. And mm-hmm. if you're switching from PS4 to Xbox to mobile to PC, like with like with Overwatch, like you're you're kind of hindering yourself because you're having to learn three or four different ways to play the same game. Yeah. So I feel like that would kind of be a hindrance. Well, I always uh, use as a far controller. as controller. Well, yeah. Okay. So so PC to console, there's very little like difference if you use a controller. Yeah. Um, and you can to to be fair, some some things do offer keyboard support or some bollocks like that yeah. on uh, Xbox One. But I think the mobile one is the hardest because that doesn't really lend itself to rocking around with the controller, but much like some of the companion apps that they have released, which I've I've only tried, I think, one of them, uh, which was a companion app for Destiny, which was a third-party companion app, but it let you see when certain portals or something was opening. I haven't played Destiny in a long time. Um, that actually was helpful because then I was playing with a friend of mine, and he could log on and complete certain objectives at a time when I wasn't able to log on. Yeah. So that was helpful. That makes um, sense. But I think, I think a true mob- like cross-platform with mobile is difficult unless you're going to go 100% controller for everything. Yeah. Because that, that's literally the only cross-platform control mechanism that there is. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was, I think it was Penny Arcade. They actually did a comic where... Uh, they were talking about the different uh, companion apps, and they had one for Blizzard, where uh, for World of Warcraft, where it was like the rogue companion app, where you just tap on a player and you assassinate them. <laughs> and I was like, that's what I need. Yes. Well, and they yeah. they've got some, you know, they, if you play well, you know, they do have some companion apps, and and yeah. uh, where you can keep up with resources, and you know, and work on your. Uh, uh, oh, uh, I can't remember. Garrison. Yeah, your garrison or whatever is yeah. the equivalent now. Um, the shaman thing. So, uh, anyway, um, so yeah, I, I would say that probably for me, uh, the the equivalent or, or, or I guess my my uh, preference now is I like the living breathing world of the MMO, but um, because of the investment in time, I like to be able to do my my quest independently or just play it as a solo it's why i mean even if there's a 
a shooter gamer like Titanfall, I'd like to have a campaign. That just draws me into it. Yeah. And then if I want to go do the other, I can. Uh, it's one reason why I'm actually, I was really discouraged because I played Star Wars uh, The Old Republic. And I played it for a long time, but the world just tend, started to die. People were no longer, uh, you know, logging in. And so you were no longer, you know, you were standing there with a bunch of quests to do, but no one else was there. You know, no one would be where you were in the world. And so, um, I don't know, it just, it, it, it didn't have the same life that, that it did before. And it became like a, it wasn't really an MMO and it wasn't really a, uh, it wasn't really a campaign anymore, you know, because there were quests that you needed multiple people to to uh, to run. That was so. a weird for a little while as well. I really struggled to enjoy it because I came in super late. I came in like when it was already dead, and I was like, oh, <laughs> right, exactly, <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, as far as MMO goes, I think that's something that Blizzard, you know, just to keep complimenting Blizzard, has done really well since Wrath is implementing the uh like the dungeon finder and raid finder uh mechanics like where you know it really is like you can just click a button and it puts you in a group and you go and you know the like for the raids the uh the difficulty's lowered a little bit and you're not getting the same right. the same uh loot that you're going to get in a heroic one but at the same time you're getting to experience that part of the game that originally you weren't able to because you couldn't get in a raid. Yeah. And I and that that's something that Blizzard does that I really I really enjoy that. because um, that's that's how I do it. I just I pug it and with just a, a pre made group and I go and I Yeah. And and you get to at least see the, the content. And uh yeah. it, it, you know, Jim Sterling, I use him a lot on the show. I, I really like his show. He he talks about topics that and take stances on things that I think a lot of people uh, either choose not to or don't want to discuss. And uh, the other day he was talking about how in in uh, Dark Dark Souls how there should he said he wouldn't be opposed to an easy mode. Um, yeah. You know where you know so people could at least you know f- <laughs> maybe finish it uh, instead yeah. of get good. And um, so yeah. You know, and allow people to experience parts of the game so that you don't have to be. I'm not. I wasn't good at Bloodborne. I just wasn't. Uh, but I really liked the game. I liked the aesthetic. I liked everything about it. But I probably got embarrassingly uh, <laughs> very little of the content. You know, I don't think I got to the first boss uh, on it. And uh, you know, it's one of those games where you do kind of need to practice and you need to be good at the mechanics. And I wasn't, and and just never had time to. And if you can't get to another save point. And everything you did is for nothing. You know, they all respawn. So, you know. Yeah. I've never picked it up for that exact reason. Yeah. Like, I don't have time for that. I yeah. need an easy mode if I'm going to play something by myself. Yeah, I like easy mode. It, it lets me enjoy the game. It lets me, you know, explore it and see what happens, see the story. It, you know, it's still gameplay. It's still, you know covering shooter like you know the the explore mode in uh, the Nathan Drake collection and Uncharted 4 it's it's a lot easier but it's still fun unless you experience the game yeah no I, I I think that that would be that would be good and and uh or a good addition to some games may never happen but maybe somebody listening will will uh add it um 
and I, you know, I guess uh, just in closing, you know, what I enjoy most, uh, what I enjoy most about, or or what brings me back to those games is, like I said, the living, breathing world, um, the ability to see the content and not have to excel at it. Uh, you know, if you want to put me in the in the, uh, you know, the the safety area, the kid area where everybody, uh, you know, nobody's really good at it, and you can take all the experts and put them someplace else. That's you know I would be okay with that just so that I can experience the content you know I I didn't I didn't buy the game to be frustrated you know yeah a hundred percent well good I'm glad that the three of us are all in agreement in all this <laughs> even if we're the minority <laughs> well that topic is brought to you by our sponsor Audible.com do you like reading but you just miss when people read books to you instead. Well, I know I do. Well, Audible is offering a free audiobook download for you, the listeners of the Retro Rebel Gamecast, with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. Amanda, what is our book recommendation this week? Today we have a pretty exciting one. It is based on a brand new TV series. Well, the TV series is brand new and based on a very old book. Um, It is called American Gods, the 10th Anniversary Edition a full cast production uh, by Gaiman. And as I understand it, the show is based on uh, old gods versus new gods sort of thing. And it's like modern and it looks super cool. Like only one episode is out over here on Amazon um, video, which I have. So I'm waiting so I can binge watch a few episodes. But if you want to read the book based behind it, it is free and available in the trial. Sounds so good. The book is amazing, and the show. <laughs> I haven't watched the show yet. Uh, last book I watched or read, uh, read loose term, was uh, Neverwhere by Neil Gaiman. So, good one. Uh, another, yeah, another good one. So, well, it sounds interesting. You can head over to audibletrial.com/slash/todcast to get that free title now, or you can choose from over 180,000 other titles today. Support us by heading to audibletrial.com/slash/todcast and get your free. 30-day trial started now. All right, topic number two. How many of you, or which of you, or all of you, or or you can just, I mean, you can admit it, buy all the gaming merchandise for uh, whatever your favorite gaming title is. I mean, do you buy the t-shirts? Do you buy the special collector's edition? Or do you think it's not worth it? You know, do you think it's a waste of money? I mean, just looking to my left, I have a Mass Effect N7 hoodie. I have a Mass Effect Andromeda hoodie. Behind me, I have probably a hundred different video game pops, as well as hats and T-shirts and pins. Yeah, I I, I spend more money than I should on uh, video game merch. Nerd. <laughs> yeah. Heck yeah. Amanda? I mean, I said nerd. You were judging, Amanda. (laughs) So, to expound on this topic a little bit, aside from my very brief subscription with Loot Crate, um, I have only ever purchased one video game merch. Um, Everything I got from Loot Crate sits on my desk at work or was re-gifted. So uh, I have, like, maybe six figurines, and it was more so that, um, you know, people know that I'm a nerd. Yes. Really. It you want to wave helps. your flag high. Exactly. 
But other than that, I I own uh, owned it doesn't fit anymore. One City of Villains T-shirt with just the City of Villains logo on it, and at that point, you know, I was like Billy Badass Guild Leader. That was the only thing that I had. Um, so no, I really don't buy any collector's editions of anything. Um, now that I would be a good really retro have... T-shirt. Yeah, it would. I I literally just got rid of it. I went through a KonMari house cleanse <laughs> um, and finally got rid of it. It was nice when I ran into someone who recognized it, but that was really rare. Right. So that was kind of why I liked it, because you kind of really had to know to know what that logo was. Um, so that was that was why I bought that one. Generally speaking, I don't like to buy things that are like obviously because um, you are an elitist. I am. I am. Yeah. Hashtag get good. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So so I would say no. I don't. I don't like to have things that people are like, oh, a dork. You know what I mean? Like right. that says Mario all over it or whatever, which is cool. And I don't judge people like if they do and stuff. You just don't want to be that person I, ever in your life. Yeah. No. I, simply because as a female gamer. Right. Right. I only want to talk about my gaming with strangers if there's a real reason to. Right, right. Um, that makes sense. So yeah. that's kind of the thing. I think if I was a dude, I wouldn't care because they'd be like, oh, you like games and that's cool or whatever. Um, but I find sometimes even with a couple of the like bobbleheads that I have on my desk, um, I have one that's um, Mass Effect. Yeah. Almost no one gets what that one is, whereas everyone knows what the Deadpool one is. Right. So I very rarely have to talk about the gaming side of my nerddom. I have lots of other just nerdy things in general, like Star Trek shirts and, you know, pins and whatever. Right. And that's fine. I think that's slightly more acceptable for women specifically than liking games. Yeah. Um, no, that's a good point. And, and if you do like games, you kind of sometimes attract a weird creeper <laughs> when it's like a like a like a stranger. So that's yeah. my perspective. I'd love to have that stuff, but there's no point to buy it if I'm not going to wear it. I, yeah, and yeah. yeah, I completely understand yeah, that. That's so collector's editions are a ripoff. <laughs> <laughs> I, agree, I I agree with you. But I, I still put out the money for them. Yeah. Because I, I'm the problem. <laughs> you you are the reason that pre pre orders exist. Yeah, uh, just just me. Just just, just me. you. <laughs> like every shareholder meeting is like, do you want to do a pre order? They just hold. What's Trey think about this one? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, for me, it 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 has as time has gone on and money becomes tighter, and I have to make choices between this and that. Uh, it depends on the game nowadays if I'm going to get it, and it depends on what it is uh, that I can get in with that with the collector's edition. You know, if I really want the coffee table book or whatever, or if that's one of the things. If I really liked the music, uh, which yeah, you know, the music's good for a lot of these, but it's it's not something I want a whole CD about. Uh, oh my God, soundtrack! Yeah, you were going there. Oh yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Who owns CDs? Yeah. Who uh, owns CDs? 
What you do? Yeah. Have you heard the Bastion soundtrack or Transistor? See, and those both both games uh, made by the same company, correct? Yeah. 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 I haven't I haven't actually played either one. I know that's blasphemy, but um. Oh, they're so good. Yeah, and I I want to get to Bastion. I want to play. I know it's only about five years old now, but um, I definitely want to play those two. But but there are soundtracks that I enjoy, like Final Fantasy, probably. the original, uh, the original soundtrack, and then three, four, seven, eight, nine, um, Chrono Trigger. I enjoy the music from those games. Uh, and Halo soundtrack, ten out of ten, ten hour stream, YouTube free. Which one? Oh yeah, I, I agree. <laughs> oh, I played the Halo. Oh yeah, Halo soundtrack. and Mass Effect. I actually like some of the songs from Mass Effect, even though there are a lot, a lot of electronic music. Um, and it's kind of more background music. I'll I'll play it on my Pandora, and I'll just play it in the background while I work. So, um, yeah, it's good. <laughs> Nobody, if anybody could see Amanda right now, she is definitely at the very least amusing herself um, <laughs> with her fidget spinner. Let's let's clarify that. Um, so sorry. Um, but no, you know the. Uh, I will get, you know, I, I think with Loot Crate and some, there's a ton of Geek Crate or what, whatever, uh, Red Letter Media does is kind of a really funny parody of all of these. Um, if you, if you check out, they, on the, on their YouTube channel, they have, uh, they do this parody of nerd podcasts, um, where they just really are patronizing towards whatever the, whatever the topic is. It's pretty funny. Anyway, uh, there's so many of those geek crates, loot crates out there right now. I really enjoy the the loot crates that I got. I just couldn't keep up with the subscription. Um, yeah. For me, it would be like month to month. Like, what is this month about? I might get this one. Uh, in fact, I think I still have one T-shirt that I got from a loot crate. It's a James Bond. It was the spy one that they had. Uh, and you get all these all this spy gear. You got a spy watch. And I got a T-shirt that has a cartoon James Bond on the front that says "Mine was stirred," um, uh, which is. I got the one. I got that same month, but I got an Archer for President shirt that I still proudly wear on the regular. <laughs> nice. I bloody love that. That shirt. is pretty it's good. Hilarious. That's pretty good. Yeah, I like that, and I like that shirt. I still have that uh, James Bond shirt. So, and and it's it's kind of witty enough that if you know if you read it and you saw it, ha. Huh, that's funny, you know. They would appreciate it, um, but but like I said, by and large, I'm it's with gaming. I'm a little bit I'm a little bit burnt on some of those pre-orders. Um, when I think about it and I weigh the pros and cons, am I going to get it? Uh, you know, it's usually not worth it to me. Now, if I go to the opening of a movie, I will definitely take your three useless posters that you just gave me opening night uh, for okay, Guardians yeah. Guardians of the Galaxy. You know, I've got three posters right now from Guardians too. You're such a dork. I'm such a dork, and I will be there opening night, uh, probably at the ten o'clock showing. Now that they don't do midnight showings anymore. Um, my husband is not allowed to bring that tat into my house. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> we just don't have enough space for no, the tat. We're both so nerdy. Could you imagine? No, no, I, I completely understand. And and it's sitting on a shelf right now. I've got no place to put all this stuff. Um, but it, it wasn't going to keep me from taking the you know the posters. Absolutely, I had nowhere to put it while I was watching the movie. But uh, free. It's free. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You uh, know. 
like like speaking of like the loot boxes that give gaming stuff, I just realized since Marvel is going to be like branching out into the video game arena soon, very soon. Um, like I do the Marvel Collector Core boxes every other month. How like how many of those boxes are gonna now be dedicated to like the Marvel video games, and I'll start getting some Marvel video game merch. That got me super excited just now. It's possible, you know. I mean, I'm I don't know um, because I don't keep up with that particular. Uh, but I imagine yeah, they're doing yeah, yeah, they're they're doing like Square Enix is doing some Marvel games. Um, uh, Insomnia is doing a Spider-Man game. So they've they've got a lot of like Marvel video games coming out. I'm looking forward to that. That's now. true. Yeah, now that you mentioned it, I remember I was listening to another podcast where they were talking about you know continuity. Uh, and maybe some continuity issues. They were looking at it kind of from a negative perspective, but thinking that maybe there was some, there might be some continuity issues because Disney doesn't have total control over the direction, and so quality control might be an issue uh, or whatever. Anyway, unrelated, but um, it's another. Video. Yeah, it's right. It's another. That's another episode. Um, right, expanding on the merchandise thing, though. Right, but focusing on loot boxes. Right. Yeah. How long could you sustainably, even if money wasn't a factor, for the the box? You can afford the twenty quid a month or whatever. Yeah. Right. Yeah. How long can you actually sustain the amount of merchandise coming into your house that isn't necessarily clothes and will wear out or whatever? But with collectors' items and figurines, yeah, that takes up square footage true it it does and if you see like if you see in my backdrop that i use for my youtube videos like there's 150 of them just like crammed in there and that's just what you see the rest of them are like spreading out onto my desk plus there's the actual boxes themselves that i keep that is taking up a lot of space so uh like physically survivability i could do it but sooner or later i want to be using like stacks of boxes as furniture right <laughs> Exactly. I mean, I think that's the problem with the survivability of the loot crate model, because every single subscriber at some point is going to have to cancel because they just don't have any more room in their house for that bollocks. Right. You know what I mean? As much as you love it and as cool the stuff is, that's literally the part that I ran to where I had eight, eight different figurines on my desk. I had gifted away a good 50% of everything that came in my box. And I was like, actually, even though I can afford it, I'm giving away half of this stuff right? because it's not my fandom or whatever. And the stuff I'm keeping is now starting to become cluttery. Yeah. Like, and it was a shame because I, I mean, I really enjoyed like, oh, look at this. Oh, remember this thing. But like the reality of it is, is like, you know, obviously space is at a premium in the UK and you guys cannot empathize with having a 10 by 12 living space as your full living space. No, choose, I choose not to empathize live. at all with that. Yeah, but the reality of it is, is just we run into a space thing much quicker yeah. than you would in America where a two-bedroom, two-bath apartment is normal and affordable for most people. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's not normal or affordable here. Most people have flatmates. So, which is fine, but that, I think, go, tying it back to the merchandise stuff, regardless of the weird issue that I personally experienced or have experienced in the past with, you know, flying the flag high, yeah. from a sustainability model, like, 
unless it's clothes, which wear out, figurines don't really. Right. So they will so be here long after you are not. Yeah, exactly. Either you're gonna have to triage, sell some on eBay, or stop at some point. Right. Yeah. And you know, I, I was I was thinking about this the other day too, and you know, those of us that are you know, it, well, and I would take it for anybody, anybody who uh, enjoys collectibles. There's a reason things are collectible to begin with. Usually, it's because of its rarity. Uh, it's rarity and your interest in the topic. So whatever it is, uh, would and it's only going to be worth what you're willing to pay for it. So people can tell you it's worth a million dollars, but if you say, "No, nah, I'll give you eight dollars," then it's worth eight dollars uh, to you. Yeah. So, uh, but the the issue now is these collectible boxes. They're collectible should be in quotes because if if you sent out seven hundred thousand of them, then at least seven hundred thousand people got a similar box that has similar things in it, and it's probably not because and they're all collecting it, so it's not going to be as desirable. The the supply is really high, and so you trying to sell it off may be more difficult just because everybody already has it and just really doesn't have any worth. Uh, and you know, I don't know. It's just for me. Um, not knowing what's in it isn't worth uh, the the chance that I might give fifty percent of it away to begin with. Um, you know, because it because it maybe I'm interested in that particular box, but I'm not. When I get it, it's you know like I did with this with the spy box. I gave some of the stuff to my kids. Uh, I gave other yeah. stuff away, uh, and I kept the T-shirt. And the T-shirt was was great, but it does like you said, it does wear out and. Um, and they're probably too expensive to do every month, you know, to have a T-shirt in there every single month. Because um, I know that I don't think that they do that, do they? I don't think they have a T-shirt in every month. Um, or do they most months? I, Loot Crate has most months okay. had a T-shirt in. Uh, the Marvel um, collectors, the Mar- the collectors core is every other month, and every, and they do usually have a T-shirt. Sometimes it'll be a hat, but majority is a T-shirt. Yeah. Well, that's good. Yeah. yeah. But but even so, like, even so, I think even with the T-shirts, because there's one like a Geek Geekbox UK or something that has a guaranteed T-shirt every month. I got that one month. The T-shirt was such poor quality yeah. that I canceled immediately yeah. <laughs> because like like it wasn't even that I didn't like the fandom. I did. I think it was maybe Walking Dead or something like that. Yeah. But it was literally like screen printing on a Hanes T-shirt, like yeah. real bad quality. Like, not even purpose-made. And recently, uh, one of the YouTubers I follow, Ashens, was saying that locally, Loot Crate-exclusive products have ended up in big-box discount stores. Really? Like, Poundland, whatever, our version of the dollar store. Yeah. Um, because of mass cancellations and, and misorderings. Really, um, that sort of thing. And it's been, it's been happening, apparently, more frequently, which means that... They think they're gonna have say seven hundred thousand subscribers, yeah. and one month their thing isn't popular, and so they get a lot of cancellations or people don't order. So that thing you think is you know you're you're sharing amongst seven hundred thousand people, they actually got it for a pound down at the shop. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's the scary part. Like you know a pound a dollar same thing. Like that's the the sort of scary part. But it's worth it if you like the fandom. Yeah. I just think like there is a scale to it, like unless you're gonna go full hoarder, right? There's a scale. Yeah. So at what point 
do you determine that it's worth it? For me, merchandise is worth it if, A, it doesn't have words of what the fandom is. Uh, that's for me, personally. I like it to be kind of an inside club sort of thing. Yeah. You recognize the logo, then we're made. Right. So for me, that's that's number one. Two, I prefer wearables over collectibles simply because they have a shelf life so i i'm not keeping it forever for the rest and of my life there's a bit forever, of practicality forever. to that too i mean you you can use it uh you know the the you know pop vinyl figures or other collectible uh that you can put on your desk any collectible like that i mean the only use for it really is to be exhibited yeah. For you know, you get a belt or or uh, you know a shirt or a hat or something like that that you that can have multi-purpose. Uh, it just seems um, it's more practical, and I think people are more more likely to. And I think that's why you see those things as being some of the more popular things. You know, uh, more popular uh, merchandise uh, are the the wearables. Um, they're also some of the more uh, more expensive, but. Yeah, at this point, like, a majority of the shirts that I wear on a daily basis are from the boxes. Yeah. Yeah. Do, but do you think if, if you went to a shop, I think this is the core of what I'm asking, if you went to a shop, would you select the shirts that you've d decided to keep if you paid, you know, the same price as they work out to be in the subscription box? Or... Are you keeping them because they came in the box? You already pay for the box, and meh, they're all right. You know what I mean? Oh. Like it's yeah. I, I I love the shirts. Like I love the shirts, but if I saw them in a store for you know the the Marvel Collector's Core is thirty five every other month. So if I, so thirty five for a shirt, no. Right. Even yeah. even even as much as I love the shirts they send, I, I wouldn't spend thirty five on it. But I get other stuff. Yeah. yeah, and if I could but, find if I could find a shirt or a or a wearable that I think, like you said, Amanda, that was more subtle, that uh, and it cost more, but it was definitely inside, um, you know, like um, something that was shaman specific uh, for World of Warcraft, that only maybe people who you know rolled shaman would know, then I would probably be likely I might even get that tattooed. <laughs> you know, I actually have a night elf pin on my desk at work that I got in a loot crate box and to this day no one has ever guessed what that See, was. See, I think that's I think that's cool. No, that's because no one likes night elves. <laughs> I thought it was Dude, the blood elves. I thought it was the blood elves that everybody was kind of shunning. Yeah. Everyone hates yeah, the blood but, elves. Yeah, now they get to be demon hunters, so now they're shooting, <laughs> but before no one and liked elves. Actually epic nerddom, I when I used to LARP here we go. Nice. I had a like lapel pin that was the like um, Sanskrit word for Asamite from Vampire the Masquerade <laughs> that I occasionally and very occasionally wore, and no one ever ever fantastic you know, outside of the LARP group Bob's. But yeah, that sort of thing I like because that was my character and I had a very like connection. And even at a shop, even if that pin had been fifty dollars, yeah. I probably would have bought it, but, you know, if a pin of the similar style that wasn't the clan that I, you know, the the type that I was, came in a loot box, I would only keep it because it showed up. But it wouldn't have any meaning right, right. to me. Well, you know, and for me, uh, and I'll show you guys, I'll send a picture, maybe even post it on the site. 
in the office where I'm recording this, uh, it's a Star Wars room, and I've got these uh, original framed uh, posters. I may have mentioned this in a previous episode, uh, that they're all signed by the artists that did it. It's the original trilogy, Return of the Jedi, uh, Empire Strikes Back, and all that. But on the back wall, I have probably a four-foot-wide by three-foot-tall um, Mandalorian symbol. Uh, it is... Nice. It is from that's bad it is the it's jester mariel's symbol which uh from the comic book and the expanded universe his the skull that goes on his his mandalorian armor is different than the one that's on boba fett's and i chose jester because he was boba fett's uh teacher in the comic or actually jango fett's teacher so he taught jango fett uh everything he knew taught him how to be a mandalorian warrior and then he gets betrayed and killed spoiler alert in the comics gets betrayed and killed uh, and, and that, that's where, um, Django gets his armor from, you know, but he has a different, um, uh, Bantha skull on his. So anyway, I've got that symbol on the back of my wall and that's, you know, there's a whole. Sounds like you should get that tattoo. Uh, well, it is, it's been considered. <laughs> and Mandalorians have always been like the coolest part of Star Wars. To me, and that's, you know, I'm, I'm currently writing an article on the site that should be up sometime in the next six months. And, um. The, uh, one of the things that I'm discussing are the you know the Mandalorians in particular and um, Karen Travis who is an author that uh, she invented the language the Mandalorian language she she was uh, she invented not only the language but all of the history of you know it's it's all uh, obviously fictional but she did an entire backstory a lore a mythology. Um, and so, uh, you know, if you're ever interested, you can look up Karen Travis. You can look up her. She was the authority on all things Mandalorian up until they changed the canon. So, um, but that's a long way from gaming merchandise. So, final thoughts. <laughs> final thoughts on uh, gaming merchandise and and uh, you know our our uh, MMOs and enjoyable online gaming. Any final thoughts on our topics today? I mean, I love it. I like having, uh, like you say, I like the the kind of subtle T-shirts or the subtle nods to different games and fandoms that you know, kind of, in your, unless you're in the know, you're not going to know what it is. So you can like spot out your fellow fandom nerds. Um, I like that, but you know, I I, I do like the merchandise. <laughs> you will continue to purchase it. <laughs> yeah, I will. Nothing wrong with that, Amanda. Yeah. Okay. Look, no judgments. If I had a lot of space, I would probably have kept the subscription more than the four months that I did, because I did get some cool things that were surprising and did have a connection to me. But for me, because I don't have a lot of space, and that has made it so that I need to focus on things that actually mean something to me, um, it wasn't really, really worth it for subscription boxes and things like that. I think pre-orders and collector's editions and stuff, look, if after day one, if they're the same price as a normal edition, sure, I'll, I'll get the collector's edition used or whatever. It's fine for me. But I think that's just because the packaging is prettier, literally. <laughs> that's it. But I wouldn't pay more for it. Um, and I, I, I never really do day one pre-orders and things like that unless it's one of my, like, three top free franchises. Right. So, you know, and even then, if there's been mixed reviews, I'll wait a few days for the price to go down. Yeah. Um, and that's you know, just the fact of how that I live. But I think, you know, it's good to find merchandise, to find anything that you buy that you have a connection with. Like, getting super spiritual for two seconds, um, 
KonMari like way of keeping things tidy became pretty popular in the U.S. and it came over here like very mildly. And the principle is that if it brings you joy, then you keep it. If it doesn't bring you joy, you should throw it away. And I did reorganize my entire life around that principle because we just don't have a lot of space so little things like my night elf badge i mean i was a little healer and wow for a a long time and it meant something to me and my shirt you know from city of heroes meant something to me as well um and it sucked to have to get rid of it but the reality of that was it just wasn't it wasn't worth wearing anymore um (laughs) but that sort of stuff if you've got a connection i think is 100 percent worth it and i also think that getting tattoos and stuff along that same vein, like your story about the Mandalorian, I don't know enough about the fandom to connect with you on that level, but I can tell how much it means to you. And I think that's totally cool. And I think you should, you know, people should go for it. And, and I don't think they should be ashamed of having merchandise and stuff like that. If it means that much to them. And I think it sort of translates, even if you're not in the fandom. I agree. And, and, you know, there's uh, this, this analogy has always been brought up. Like if you were a sports team fan, and you have a tattoo of your sports team, or you know the statistics that go back 50 years on your team, there is there is literally, in my opinion, no difference between that yeah. and knowing the entire lore of Marvel Comics. Or, you oh, know, you're, if you're a fan of something, yeah, you're that big of a fan, there's no difference, you know. So... And there's nothing to there's nothing wrong with those things. You know, like, like you said, if you really thoroughly enjoy it and you get joy from... Uh, the merchandise and from uh, from whatever that is, uh, then that I think that the only good comes from that. So I think that's awesome. So well, that wraps up this episode of the Retro Rebel Podcast. I want to thank Amanda and Trey for joining me again on this week's discussion. All the notes from this week's episode will be posted on our site, TempleofGeek.com. If you would like to see more from us, you can support us on Patreon at Patreon slash Temple of Geek and follow us on Twitter at Retro Rebel Show. Any questions or comments, feel free to email us at retrorebel at templeofgeek.com. And please head over to iTunes and Stitcher and rate our show because that help us, helps us a lot. Uh, it, it really does. So help, help us by uh, rating us over at iTunes and Stitcher. We'll see you next time.